Imhotep, this is Nekbet Nefernertatira, and I am giving honor and praise to the divine feminine, the yin principle, the goddess. She in all her many forms and all of her names, in her lightness, in her darkness, in her rage, in her peace, in her love, in her anger, in her creativity, in her destruction in her ability to transform, her nurturing, her healing, her guidance, her protection, her sternness, her discipline, her spite, her forgiveness, and recognizing all of the women that hold space for her, the women of fire, the women of water, the women of earth, and the women of air. Thank you for calling upon her. Thank you for recognizing her. Thank you for keeping her alive and understanding her and merging with her and becoming one with her. The last time I was speaking about what it means to honor the priestess path and speaking of that from my own perspective and my own journey and my own knowing and the growth and the communication that I have been receiving as I have um, engaged in the path of the priestess for almost four years now and um, I introduced a part of my journey being Buddhism um, because I say I, I say active spirituality because I feel like I've always been spiritual I've been spiritual since I was little but just actively like meaning like I, I physically made decisions and took steps to engage in my spirituality so when I say active that's what I mean so actively participating in my spirituality um, starting off with Buddhism and um, I came across my first goddess mother um, just from me searching after my meditation and, and kind of like saying, oh, okay, I, I, I feel, let me, let me honor the, the imagery and the memory that I had recall of, of me being in the halls and the temples and the shrines of Kemet. And I've always had a love when I was younger, I used to watch National Geographic a lot. And I've always had a love for archeology, span like, you know, and just, the discovery part of it. I think that always had me like amazed and I would love to watch the National Geographic um, shows where they were in Egypt in Kemet and they were in the the um, temples and showing you the tombs and all the hieroglyphs and the jewels and speaking about the people of Kemet and the Per'a, the Pharaoh and the Per'ur, the ladies of the house, you know, Cleopatra, even though she's later on down the line, but Hathasepshut and all of these other phenomenal, magical-looking people, you know, these magical-looking people. 
And I always used to tell myself when I was little and I'll be watching the show, I'm like, I'm from there. I know it. I'm from there. So after having that memory recall in my meditation, I, from there, um, began to seek it out. You know, I began to search for it. And um, after learning how to, how to practice Reiki, I was like, okay, let me find the comedic form of it because I know it exists. You know, I know it exists. I know it's got to be out there. And I was able to meet some people that were able to guide me. And I didn't physically meet them, but it was just like literally inboxing people. Well, do you know how to do this? Do you know how to do that? If I felt like they were in that that line of of uh, subject matter or if they kind of were in the same frequency, I was asking questions. And eventually I got to my goddess mother. And I remember seeing her, her in her flyers. And I was like, yes, that is what I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm looking for. This is what I need. And I don't know if I hit her up or what I did. I think she, at some at some point she was just hosting a retreat. And for me, the way I know things are in alignment is because everything that leads up to that point just flows. So I was able to, you know, take off work. I was able to pay the fee to go down there. I was able to fix my car to take a road trip because it was my first time ever driving long distance by myself. Um and I got up at like four o'clock in the morning because I do not see well in the dark driving. And I got up at like four o'clock in the morning, headed out, fill up my tank, my first, um, you know, little bit of gas for the for the start of the of the journey left and was going through the mountains. And my my um, my cell phone courier was really bad. It was like, I think like T-Mobile or whatever it was. It just wasn't picking up any type of like um, signal when I was getting to the mountains. So I drove a good portion of my drive from where I live in Ohio to North Carolina in silence. And I didn't mind that because I'm a quiet person anyway. And I normally do drive with the radio off just because for me, that's my time to think when I'm driving is very meditative. So I got lost at some point um, early in the journey. I'm happy. But the person that was helping me, I stopped at a hotel and was like, can I print off some directions? I'm lost. And, you know, they were able to guide me and I was able to use my um, paper directions because, again, my phone didn't have service in the in the area that I was driving. I was able to use that to get to where I was going. And I ended up being early. Um, I think I was the first one there. And my godmother was like, oh, you're the first one here. So you can sage. She's like, you do know how to do that, right? And I was like, yeah, because, you know, saging was a part of my practice in the morning anyway. It was a part of my, it was already a part of my ritual. So I saged the the space and everything. And I picked my room and just kind of sat still and everything. And, you know, just waited for her instruction. Just kind of watched her and came across her. Um just like the way she was was doing it. I was just kind of like in, in, in student mode automatically, just because the space that we were at, the house that we were at, it was just so quiet and I had finally made it so I could relax. <laughs> so it was like no need for me to be, um, all, you know, rigid and everything like that. So, you know, she saged me as well. And eventually people started coming in and, 
it was like all these women. I think there was like one or two brothers there, but it was all these women. And just the, you know, it's it's one of those things where like they say that women can't get along because women are all, all automatically judging one another off of, you know, first impression. But the women that were coming into that space, like that did not happen at all. Everyone was like so peaceful and so excited to see one another. And we just like automatically started to bond. You know, there weren't, there weren't like the the forced icebreakers we were just talking you know just communication you can kind of tell that everyone everyone there was for a purpose you know everyone was intentionally there you know they were they were looking for it it was anticipated they couldn't wait to have the experience of this spiritual um the spiritual retreat we were on and to this day, I am close and in communication with some of the women from that retreat. And I have seen some of them thrive and grow and completely evolve into these phenomenal women and phenomenal aspects of the divine feminine and goddesses. And just, I mean, it's just wonderful, like a true um, testament to just practice and, and work and evolution and sticking to who you are and sticking to what you want to become and allowing for yourself to change in those spaces. But one of the parts of the retreat that is forever stuck in my mind, I mean, outside of the food, the food was delicious and we had to do certain, you know, certain things on a daily basis, of course, within learning, learning how to do, um, the comedic Reiki, um, was that we did a sweat lodge. We, we sweated together and there were about, I want to say maybe 10 of us, 10 of us, or there were a lot of us. And we were in this tiny sweat together. And some of us were sick. I was sick going down. And at the time I was a smoker, but you know, I was a selective smoker. So it was a, I, I didn't smoke on my way there. I wasn't smoking the whole time I was there. I kind of quit for that time frame. So I ended up getting sick, which I feel like is a normal thing, especially climate change. When I left, um, Ohio, it was cold and I'm getting down to like this warmer climate being in South or North Carolina, excuse me. But the sweat was so powerful. And I just remember like feeling even closer to the community that was there because we were all in there. We were all packed together and we had to communicate with one another to say, okay, you know, move your body like this and move your body like that. And for those of us that were having the beginning stages of like any type of, um, I guess, panic or when things were certain, certain things were coming up, we had to be there for one another. We had to talk each other through it and assist the other to kind of ground. So I remember coming out of that sweat feeling like, damn, that was like, I need that in my life every day. I want to experience that every day. It just, it was so cleansing and so healing. And, um, I appreciated it even more. I had locks at the time and I didn't wash my hair for like about a month. Just like, I just wanted to keep all the dirt in my hair. It was just wonderful. And my hair looked amazing from that dirt as well. I don't care. You could say that's gross. I don't really care. I thought it was great. It was healing, <laughs> healing energy in my, in my hair and my crown. Um, but I remember coming back and just being like, damn, because walking into that space, we were there for about 
four days. It felt longer, but it was four days. But, you know, just walking into that space and doing something every day, doing some form of work every day, doing ritual every every day, prayers every day, and eating together and just spending time together. Um, it was just a different experience for me from practicing and, and coming into this sweet Reiki aspect. And it was an answer to my prayers regarding, you know, coming back to Kemet and, and practicing that that form and definitely coming out of Buddhism, you know, coming from Buddhism. So there was like so much cognitive dissonance for me where I had to unlearn what I just relearned from unlearning from the core uh, belief systems of my family, you know, and dealing with what are my family going to say, having those conversations with myself, you know, what what is my family going to say knowing that, you know, they have a pretty um, conservative Baptist background, even though I don't practice that, you know, you still want to be mindful of your family, you know, because you love them. And at some point, I don't know when, but at some point I definitely outgrew whether or not I was making them uncomfortable because I had to come to um, acceptance that what I was doing was not to hurt anybody it wasn't to harm anyone it wasn't negative it was to be honest for me to really get closer to the relationship that I wanted to have with spirit and what I perceived as God and not what somebody else was telling me to perceive as God or goddess or creator anything like that it was me taking control of my spirituality so at some point I had to get over that and I again I did but you know I remember coming home and my living situation at the time was not the most comfortable, but I made it work for me. And I had a specific space that I had made an altar room that I would go pray in. And I remember sitting there after I got back. I, well, I found out that my goddess mother, she and I have the same birthday. So she was like, we definitely need to keep in contact. So when I got back home, maybe like a couple of days later, she had called me just to check up. And I was telling her like, you know, this is a lot to learn because it's not just a system. It is a whole entire culture, a whole entire history, a whole entire system that I have no idea where to even start um, to begin to study or like where to look. You know, I need community here. So, you know, she was working on trying to see how I can get community from others that practice in my same state maybe not my same st city but they you know close a close city to me and I remember sitting in front of my altar and speaking to my ancestors like yo like this is what we're doing and I'm gonna need y'all to pull pull through I don't know what I'm doing I don't know how to do it and I need you to get me something give me some community help me to find those that understand this know what I'm doing and literally the next day literally the next day my godmother my goddess mother at the moment i have two but my my most um the one that i work with the most she reached out to me and was like you should come to my temple and i was like cool so <laughs> after like peeking my head in my altar i'm like thank you for having my back to my ancestors like you know I um, ended up making it to the temple and I just, again, I just observed, you know, I didn't try to participate. I didn't try to really like act like I knew what I was doing because I didn't. And um, 
I find that it's best to fully just kind of be quiet you know I feel like some people when they walk into spaces that they want to get to know or they want to practice they just do too much and a part of being a student as well as a teacher is to know and to learn and to understand that the best way is sometimes just to be silent you know the best way to learn is to be silent the best way to teach is to be silent and that you don't know everything even though you may think you do you don't so just observing and then, you know, there were aspects of of the service and where, you know, there was dancing and the way that they prayed to the altar. I was already doing that at my house. You know, I had my altar at my house visible and I would pray in front of it. I would meditate in front of it. I would dance in front of my altar for hours, you know, doing my candle work. I was already doing those things on my own. So to see again these women you know and not just young women but older women you know these magical older women doing that I was like hell yeah you know it felt it felt so good it just felt like home it felt natural for me again because I was already in that element within my own space so um I took my time, but eventually I did initiate into that space and there were many changes that came about from um, just, you know, again, everybody's different and personal needs and wants and what other others are looking for, personal intentions. People were coming and going and some people left and didn't come back and things shifted and I don't know if, I don't know, you know, I can't say like my stepping up into my spiritual maturity really didn't have anything to do with me thinking about like leveling up in that space. It just was me honestly being like, okay, you know, you just go into like, I guess, survival mode, like things are changing. We need to keep things going. And you just step up, you know, you step up to the plate. And myself and my God and sister, we stepped up to the plate. No questions asked. No, you know, it just was what needs to be done. You know, we just what needs to be done, period. Like, that's all I can say. And um, the day that my goddess mother had asked me if I wanted to ask both of us, actually, myself and my goddess sister included, she didn't really ask. She kind of told us that it was time for us to initiate into further leadership, into priestship. Again, like I said before, I, I didn't say no. I didn't hesitate. It was very much like, okay. And, you know, it was don't worry about how it's going to happen. Just trust. And I think that a part of spirituality, for sure, without a doubt, no questions asked, a part of spirituality is trusting and not asking questions and knowing that when something says that this is time for you to do it, that is saying it's time for you to do it for a reason because you're able to do it. You have the availability to do it and you're equipped to do so. So, you know, taking that step into that initiation process, so many emotions like, Number one, what 
you know, how am I going to change? How does that, how does this change my life? How is this going to change my life? You know, I know it's going to change my life for the best, but how, how, you know, how am I going to be? What does it mean for me? How am I going to navigate? There were so many things that were going through my mind as to what the, what it meant to shift into that, that paradigm, what it meant to shift into that element, shift into that role. And at the time I was married and our initiation process was a nine month time frame. And in that nine month time frame, my marriage got worse. It just was like declining rapidly, um, tragically. It just was bad altogether, you know, and it was difficult because the difficulty was trying to appease my marriage as well as appeasing myself because you know despite being married to someone you still have your your you still have who you are and you still have your own personal calling you have your calling as an individual and you have your calling together and it was difficult for me to stay firm in what I was doing at the same time trying to make my at that time spouse happy and it just it just wasn't happening it just wasn't working and that was a large challenge for me and I and looking back I will not ever it was it was ugly it was hurtful it was horrible you know I do not um regret regret my divorce I don't regret the person leaving me I'm grateful that they left but the relationship itself and the things that were coming up out of the relationship from that person and from me and being involved in it and observing it, I am grateful that it happened because it was a lesson for me. It was a lesson for me, especially going through initiation. God, what? You know, to, to have someone challenging you, literally challenging what you're doing, who you are, who you think you are, what you're trying to become, what you want to become. You have to, I had to lean hard, shit, I had to lean hard, okay, hard on my trusting myself, trusting spirit and recognizing that this is my life, this is my lifestyle, you know, knowing that no matter what kind of relationship I had, whether it had been a fling or small dating time frame or an actual relationship or somebody living with me I never ever ever faltered or jeopardized or hid my spiritual practice you know I've I've had boyfriends that have heard me chanting Nam Yohoding Ekel I've had people seeing me burn candles putting food on my altar and saging I've had that I didn't hide it and I'm like I'm married and this is a person that I'm going to be with for what I thought at the time the rest of my life and I'm not going to hide my practice and my spirituality because it it's a benefit to both of us despite their own understanding of it so when my um, ex-husband left I was coming up on the closing of my initiation and that is when I trusted myself not only my gifts but who I was to myself not only to myself but what I'm supposed to be I trusted that so you know, those clairvoyant and clairaudient moments when spirit was talking to me, my my mother, my spirit mother was speaking to me and guiding me through that situation. I did not push back. 
You know, I feel like when a person is leaving you or your relationships are breaking up, it's it's so easy to like just go into panic mode of like, oh, my God, this person is leaving me. What do you mean? My whole entire life's about to shift. But in that very moment, it was uncomfortable, but it was very, very solidly heard. Let him go. Don't beg. Don't plea. Don't fight. Get your sage. Save your space. Don't argue back. Don't engage. Disconnect. Like all of those things are very, very clear. And, and you know, <laughs> the way that I am, I can be like, oh, my God. You know, I just, I just, just get that. That anxiety kicks in. Like, what the fuck? But um, in this, in this moment, I did not do that. I was just like, you know, you are in a process that right now, I think, learning after coming from so many retreats and doing spiritual work you understand that certain shifts are a part of that growth and things that happen in your life when things fall off it's because you're growing and they are no longer in alignment with you and let go you know spiritual work will teach you to let go of some shit it will teach you to let go of the way you think it will teach you to let go of the way you speak it will teach you to let go of the way that you do things it will teach you to let go of what you think you know. And I just trusted and I let go. And it was difficult, of course, you know, growing pains. It is um, the emotional release did occur. Yes. But damn, am I happy that that happened. And I'm happy that it happened the way that it did because I was going through this beautiful process that, no matter what was happening, not from the outside, but from inside of my own home, I didn't give up. And I am so much more stronger and clearer on many things after that. And just the trust and my faith in my spiritual practice and my guides and my ancestors and Nakbet as my mother and the priestess and the goddess and the God and the creator. All of those things to me just lets me know that what I think is good for me is not what they say is good for me and that they always have something better for me. And what I'm supposed to do is yield to that and allow them to come in and take place. So when I think about that definition again of what a priestess is and talking about her being an acknowledged woman authorized to perform sacred rites. Hell yeah. You know, I think that I have um, gained and earned the space to hold that, that title. And, you know, it is just a title. Being a priest is just, is just a name for it, but there's so much more within that. And, I was listening to someone early this morning and he had mentioned how healing is, you know, there's no end goal and that the, no, no one will ever be fully healed because in order for one person to be fully healed, everyone would have to be fully healed. The, the, the whole of humanity and not just humanity, but the planet itself, the earth itself the creatures that dwell on it itself from the microcosm to the grossest level 
to, you know, the top of the food chain, top of the pyramid would have to be healed. And the more and more you uncover within yourself, within your spiritual practice, the more that you actually make the decision that I am going to dedicate my time, all of my efforts to myself to really figure out the root causes of my shit. The more you do that and you start to unravel those things and shit comes up and it gets stirred and it gets quote unquote triggered, but you, you handle it, you deal with it. Where it's no longer any a negative emotional response and you're able to transform it and transmute it. That phase is over and then there's more. There's something deeper. We go to the next phase and what that level of healing is required to do. So we're, there's always work to do within ourselves. And, and the priestess path is not just about us being um, these, you know, beautiful looking cherubic uh, or I don't know, otherworldly looking things. Like <laughs> some days we look ugly. I mean, I'm going to speak for myself. Some days I look toe up, you know what I mean? And, and not intentionally but because it's like I, I gotta I have to deal with it I have to be able to see myself in the ugliest ways and deal with those parts of myself that are so uncomfortable before I even allow myself to try to pull some bullshit bullshit up out of somebody else right because everybody has we all got it we all have something and the healer quote unquote the healer cannot heal others until he or she or they or them heal themselves when you start to really engage in that work for you at that point in time you can most certainly be available to other people like I was telling somebody in a class that I was teaching um, a Reiki class like when you have a doctor you don't want your doctor coming in with a runny nose eyes bloodshot they can't breathe they coughing on you you don't want your doctor doing that you want your doctor to look bright well they got a you know big old smile on their face they coming to you looking healthy and like you oh okay I see why I chose you to be my doctor so imagine someone stepping up to you as a priestess or a healer or anything and they look shady they look like are you sure are you sure you're a priestess of what you're a healer of what um okay I think I'm gonna um maybe 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 I'll come back you know you want to be able to know that the people that you go to you trust to assist you in your own personal evolution right because we are all teaching each other we are all learning from each other but they themselves actually walk their walk their talk and that they do what they need to do daily to purify and purge themselves. So nine months is nine months for me to take the physical, the physical steps of going through that portal. But my life is continually to be initiate initiatory because I have to still face those parts of myself that I haven't faced or that I've forgotten about or I shoved down or maybe I don't want to deal with it's under the rug. Maybe I don't want to talk about it. And now isn't the time. Like I don't have an opportunity to do that. I have to be able to say Kyra, my mother's name that she gave to me, Kyra, neck bed as well. Get your shit together. Stop lying to yourself. Be honest with yourself. Be fully aware of yourself. Yes, it hurts. 
But once you get past that threshold, we're smooth sailing from there. And most of the time, the stuff that we hold on to and the stuff that we deal with, they're more like um, comfort. You know, it's like a blanket of comfort that we have. We don't want to let go of it because we're afraid of if we let go, what else is going to come? You know, it's an unknown. But to feel something that is familiar, regardless if it's good or bad, makes us feel safe. So we have to constantly say to ourselves, okay, I know that this pain may feel comfortable. And like, yes, I can sit up here and say, oh, I've I've had so many failed relationships and nobody's ever going to love me and blah, 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 blah. Or like my, my husband left me. I can I can sit in that space or I can say, yeah, he did leave me. But what did I take from this moment? What did I learn about myself? And after going through the tears and small moments of depression, sometimes large moments of depression, eating whatever I want or not eating what I want or, you know, um, closing up at some point you got to say, yeah, but you still have life. You have so much life inside of you and you have so much availability to you and so much to offer and you've accomplished so much, right? Because one small thing that happens in our lives that just throws our whole entire shit off can take away the sight of all the things that we have accomplished so I started to I started to do that for myself I, like anytime that I go there anytime that I find myself going there because I used to play victim and not in a not in like a way that it was like intentional but I used to definitely be like oh what was me you they did this to me he did that to me she did that to me why did they do that I'm such a good person blah 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 am I never gonna get there am I always gonna be like this like I used to play that game with myself but now, in this very moment, I take the time to retrace my steps to say, damn, girl, look at how far you have come. Look how much you have come into your womanhood. Look how much more space you have to completely fulfill those shoes. Look at the things that you have said that you wanted to do and they have been done or you are doing them or you are you know, working very hard to start them. Look at the things that you have. Look at the way that when you speak to your ancestors, when you pray, when you burn your candle, when you do your ritual, when you do your work, look at how the universe responds to you and understand that when you put it out there, the universe is going to say, okay, well, in order for me to give this to you, I'm going to move this out the way. I'm going to remove this. I'm going to get rid of this. It's going to be uncomfortable. But after it's clear, you can see better. You're going to see everything that you need to see in order to get to that, that end thing. Because I'm waiting on the other side of all this bullshit you got in front of you. But you got on bullshit goggles. And we need to go ahead and do a detox. We need to cleanse. Okay, your your spiritual intestine, your spiritual colon and get that shit out of the way. And a part of the priestship, a part of the priesthood, a part of the the coming into the woman, the womanness, right? And and experiencing and expressing and fulfilling that wisdom is to know that we ultimately destroy 
what we no longer, let me go back. We activate destruction in our lives because what is going on in our lives is not satisfying us. We may go through the motions where it looks satisfactory, but it's really not, which is why our soul will stir up some shit and it removes. So it's almost like the emotional response to it. You kind of got to like, you know, you got you to gotta work through it because it becomes a thing where, okay, I asked for this and I'm getting an answer. So why am I complaining or why am I crying or why is this hurt? When I know that that's not removed, but I'm, I'm really starting to get what, I'm, what I was wanting. I'm getting what I wanted now. And I am just become getting in union with that thought, becoming unified with it and allowing it to be embedded in me. And I am embodied in it and I am one with it that what I want is going to start a chain reaction. What I say I want is going to start a chain reaction. What I think I want is going to start a chain reaction. What I act on for what I want is going to start a chain reaction. What I ritual for is going to start a chain reaction because the universe is going to start to make all types of waves and, and moves in order for me to get that, especially if it's in alignment with me. So all I got to do is when shit starts to fall apart is sit back and let it fall apart and not try to hold on to it, not try to hold on to relationships, not try to hold on to friendships, not try to hold on to anything that I know at this moment is not, again, progressing with me, shifting with me, changing with me, staying in resonance of alignment with me. And it's nothing personal. It's not that it's not, not I'm, I'm too good for it. It's nothing like that. It's just that, you know, just like when you wear a, a pair of jeans for a good amount of time and start to get holes in them. After a while, you kind of got to throw them away because there's just nothing left of the jean. You know, and then you get some new jeans. You know, like, hey, these are better. You know, and maybe you might keep the jeans. You might be able to refurbish them or make them something new. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you can salvage those jeans, but we we want change. We always are looking for change. Our souls are like learn, longing for something to make us feel like, you know, who are we? What is our purpose? Who am I? What am I here for? You know, what are my passions? What are my goals? And we have to understand that when we ask those questions, if we want them, we are going to get answers to them. And if we're really listening when those answers come, then at that point we are able to be actively engaged with ourselves, with our magic, our essence, our creativity. And when we own our healing, and when I say own it, I mean when we know that we need to be healed for something, we take that time. You know, I, I get it. I get it. We hustle. This is a we a we a hustling planet. Earth is a hustler, okay? And we are always told that we got to keep up and do this and do that. But sometimes you got to unplug and tap out and sit still. And you got to allow yourself to go through whatever it is you need to go through. Because it looks different for everybody. So I can't say. However it purges from you, you have to allow yourself to purge. So that way there is no residual left in your being. 
and that whatever is needed to come in and fill that space can come in and fill that space and you can grow, you can evolve, you can become, you can be, you can allow, you can embrace, you can say yes to, you can feel comfortable, you can breathe, your shoulders can relax, your breath can be relaxed, your stomach can relax, your chest is relaxed, your face is relaxed, you're smiling more. You're open more. Your heart has some space. But a part of developing this ability to connect to our spiritual selves, our physical selves, our mental selves, our emotional selves, we have to stop lying to who we are and we have to stop trying to fit into other people's ideologies and um, desires and needs and roles that they place upon us. We have to stop doing that and take control of our narrative and set healthy boundaries for ourselves. And we have to learn what it means to allow for our spirits to lead us and guide us. We all have intuition. Everybody's got it. But at some point, you're going to ask someone else to um, validate it for you. I was feeling like this, but I wasn't sure. What do you think? And then you're going to, that person's going to say what they think, or maybe you might read something. You might say, oh, okay, yeah, that confirms what I was already feeling. Well, you don't need confirmation. If that's what you felt, is what you felt. A part of developing our inner priestess, our inner priest, our inner God, inner goddess is trusting what we feel and what we know because it was put there for a reason. So I am learning. I'm not learned, okay, because there's no end to it. I am learning. I, I continue to learn. I want to continue to learn what it means to be fluid and be like air, be everywhere and nowhere at the same time, be a breeze and be able to just go and ride the wave, which is probably why I'm neck bat the vulture because she rides a wave. She don't flap her wings, she, you know, in the beginning, yes, but she rides currency. She rides energy, rides frequency, electromagnetic energy. Going with the flow. Sitting still, listening, watching atten- watching, and being attentive, having the bird's eye view, stepping out of situations to truly see the whole picture instead of being involved in them so much that you can't fully hear what's being removed for your best. So I guess, you know, the question would be like, what does it mean for you to be Navigating from your wisdom. What does it mean for you to be honoring your spirit and your sacred and your divinity? What does that mean? Because I'm sure most of the persons whomever listens, somebody is always coming to you asking you for some sound advice, which means that you must know something, right? But what you give to others, you should also give to yourself because, again, I'm a firm believer 
becoming a believer as I'm learning that reciprocity starts with the self. You cannot expect for someone to reciprocate to you if you're not willing to reciprocate to yourself by accepting the universal gifts that you have, the universal messages that you get, the connectivity that you have with the universe, and your ability to be in creation with it. So... I think I'm at like 44 minutes. I wasn't planning on going this long, but it is what it is. Um, I'm going to kind of continue this process of personal experience of stepping into priestship, being a priestess, being in my divinity, walking in my divinity, walking in my power and my prowess. And engaging my wise womanhood and my wisdom faculty through divinity through divinity, and just sharing. So yes, what does that look like for you? Ask yourself some questions. Ask yourself questions. Not just who am I? Not just what do I want to do? Not do I, how do I stay connected? But like why? What does it look like for you? What do you feel? What do you know? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Write it down. And build off of it. I'm grateful, honored for your listening ear. I appreciate you all. And may you be whole in yourself and your lightness and your darkness. And be fruitful in your totality. And until the next time, Shem Imhotep, be well. Emotep all, thank you so much for listening. Please feel free to leave constructive criticism. Questions, a platonic message, or any other topic that you would like to um, hear about to my email address at houseofneckbet at gmail.com. You can also visit my socials on Instagram at soultree underscore healing as well as at house underscore of underscore neck bet. Shimimotep.